Get ready to hear something good about cannabis. Nurse Heather brings her eternal optimism and professional expertise to the stories of the day, discussing current topics and events, making life's lemons into sweet lemonade, and sharing a tall glass with guests, friends, and her listeners. CannabisRadio.com is happy to present Good News with Nurse Heather, the show infused with compassion and love. From high atop Mount Soledad in beautiful San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, my beautiful listeners. This is Good News with Nurse Heather. And for the next 30 minutes or so, we have the most positive, positively positive person on the planet Earth, Cannabis Nurse Heather. Hello, hello. So good to be here with you today, Kenny. I'm excited about our guest uh, Marcy Cooper has been not only a uh, friend of mine and a colleague, but in a lot of ways, she's she's kind of like a sister. So just so our listeners know, I have zero notes today. Yay! <laughs> well, everybody in the world knows Nurse Marcy, and anybody who doesn't know her are going to get to know her right now. Take it away, Nurse Heather. So Nurse Marcy is not only one of my beloved colleagues for many years, but she's also um, a dear friend of mine. In a lot of ways, she is kind of like a sister to me. And so I'm really grateful to have her here today. Um, Nurse Marcy is a very special kind of nurse. She's a kind of nurse that what I call the um, angel of death, but she also calls herself a spirit birther. And that's because she has been a hospice nurse caring for patients during end-of-life care and their families, spreading love to them for over 20 years she's been doing this work. And so I'm really excited to have her on the show today to talk about some of the good news related to cannabis and end-of-life care and some of the things that she thinks needs to happen, not only for patient protections, but also to help protect nurses. So, um, Marcy, how are you today? I am doing wonderful today. Thank you for that introduction. I feel the same way about you, and I'm so grateful to have had your friendship and mentorship over the past seven years. Um, and I'm glad to be here with you. And Kenna Kenny today. Well, Kenna Kenny and yourself and I occasionally, just so our listeners know, we have coffee together <laughs> and we sit around and talk about politics. And we're going to keep this good news today and not maybe go so much into some of our private discussions that we have. Huh, Kenny? I'll try <laughs> to behave myself. <laughs> well, let's not go that far. <laughs> so, nurse. Marcy, give us just like a little biographical sketch, you know, of kind of how you got to where you are now. I know you're in uh, Colorado, but give us a little bit, a thumbnail sketch for our listeners. Well, and, you know, I meant to catch what Heather said. I'd been a hospice nurse for 20 years, funny or end of life care. Um, funny. I've only been working with humans for the past 15 years, and I've done hospice for, for 12 of those years. But before I did that, I was a vet tech before I became a nurse and I drove the ambulance for the Humane Society and actually was an end of life vet tech, basically. And um, 
took care of those animals and some of them that were suffering um, would have to help them ease out of this this place and some of them that weren't so bad off got to come to my house and recuperate. <laughs> um, but I moved into Colorado about 11 years ago. I wanted to learn more about Eastern medicine and ended up um, back in hospice care at that point. And things really took quite a turn from hospice care in the South to hospice care in Colorado with cannabis um, kind of opened up a lot of doors. And that's that's how Heather and I first met. Um, through those connections. And so it's been really eye-opening and and quite amazing the things I've seen. Yeah, and, and I remember that when you first went legal there in Colorado, that you, you were the one who actually told me, Marcy, that having adult use cannabis was the best thing that could ever happen for your patients because the medical program was restrictive in that a patient had to go see a doctor, get the certification, da, 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 da. But with the adult use, your specific demographic of patients, which is end of life care, they didn't have to jump through those hoops anymore, right? You're, they're families could go and pick something up from the cannabis store and bring it home and help their loved ones to feel some ease and grace. Uh, how, how, do you, uh, how do you see that continuing to work even today, even though you've been legal for a while? Um, it continues to be that way. I mean, it was such a game changer for adult use that, I mean, literally the, the percentage of patients that I saw using cannabis probably went from 20%, 15-20% up to more like 75-80%. And, and being a hospice nurse and being able to go into people's homes, um, you know, their their guard is down and and especially at this place in their life, you know, if if they're using something of, of that nature, it's going to be sitting right there when I walk in. So no one was really trying to hide it from me. Um, wasn't quite making it into the, into the medication list at that point, um, which it is now. I see it much more frequently listed in the medication list um, and a little more detailed sometimes depending on which nurse is putting it in or how much information. I think it's really basically are the nurses comfortable in garnering more information. They may not be comfortable, so they may just put one little sentence, patient is using cannabis or, or medical marijuana or topical THC or whatever they want to say. But, but some of the others are really getting more detailed information and putting in CBD tincture three times a day. It's still not quite as as detailed as as I would like for it to be. Um, and certainly when it's when it is somebody that I encounter, then I will will try to ask if it's appropriate at that time. And it, it is sometimes. Sometimes it's two a.m. It's night. They don't want to. <laughs> they don't want to get into the details with me. But um, it has just made such a huge difference in in care for these patients and quality of life, that it's it's something that I hope, you know, with, with more states being able to utilize and pass regulation for adult use, that more states will be able to see this and more patients will have access. 
So what are some of those benefits that you're seeing for end-of-life care patients who are using cannabis? I think the, the biggest benefit is their change in perspective. perspective. Um, they're not as drowsy. They're able to communicate and interact more with their family. They're able to enjoy some foods where they may not have been able to eat anything prior to that. Um, those simple moments of, of having interactions with family members that feel normal, um, lifting some of the fog off of them from their opioids, helping them to sleep without um, trazodone and some of the other sleeping meds that will commonly prescribe. I think, you know, just the reducing the amount of prescriptions and, and then those, all of those prescriptions that have side effects are mitigated by using cannabis for five different symptoms. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely a gentle plant medicine for all stages of life, but specifically end of care. Are there? I know that you, and maybe we'll get into this on the next segment, but. Um, I know that you're an advocate also for other types of plant medicine for end-of-life care. Yeah, and I, you know, this is really going to be interesting, and and I'm going to have to get myself a little more involved with with the different um, organizations and that are that are trying to be part of that voice to help normalize, legalize use of these plant medicines, psychedelics. Um, I've had one patient at this point whose, whose son um, was a firefighter from the Vegas area. And his son had told me he was looking at microdosing him. Patient had Alzheimer's and he was just wondering if it would help build um, some of those uh, neurological connections and help help him through the day and, and decrease his confusion potentially. But I haven't had a lot of people talking about it yet. And I don't think they're all at a place where they're just so comfortable in talking about it. But certainly the the game is changing and there are different cities. I think I saw another Baltimore, maybe another city um, northeast that's that's looking at pass, passing an initiative as well. And what we have Seattle and Portland and... And I just saw one out of Ann Arbor, Michigan that just came that out. That was the one I was ago. thinking. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break, Marcy Mar. Uh, we'll be back in just a little bit. You did that just perfectly, Nurse Heather. Your <laughs> listeners will be right back. Listen to the messages from our beloved sponsors, and we'll be right back with you around the corner. Good News with Nurse Heather will return. But first, let's show some love to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Plant Plant Profits. 
I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots and close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Nurse Heather is back to spread some more good news only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, listeners. We are here with the famous and positive good news with Nurse Heather and Marcy Marr, Nurse Marcy Marr, our beloved guest, who is a hospice nurse. And Nurse Heather, take it away. Sure, sure. So I know we were in the last segment, Marcy, we were talking a little bit about um, the use of plant medicines for end-of-life care. Um, but I kind of wanted to bring Kenny in on this segment because Ken and I had been involved with, and I know we've spoke about this before on another Uh, podcast that we did, but he was involved with creating legislation that would allow a hospice patient with 12 months or less to live um, access to cannabis within the hospital setting. And that would really be a game changer also. Ken, why don't you tell us a little bit about that that you were involved with? Yeah, we had introduced legislation through our local senator, state senator, that would require hospitals to have policies that would allow a hospice patient, someone who had 12 months or less to live, to be able to utilize cannabis while they're in the hospital. Sadly, we got unanimous consent from the Senate, which voted 40 to nothing, and what we call our assembly here in California, which voted 77 to nothing in favor. But at the end of the day, the hospital lobby got to the governor and he vetoed the legislation. we're still trying to uh, get that introduced again in the next legislative session. And Nurse Marcy, what do you what do you think about that? Having uh, facilities being able to allow patients to access cannabis. Well, that absolutely needs to happen. Um, a lot of patients will end up going into the hospital, you know, when they're on hospice and and toward the end of life and. A lot of them may already be using cannabis and it's just not enough. They just need things tweaked a little bit. 
Um, but then they go into the hospital and instead of getting things tweaked a little bit, they get tweaked a whole lot because now they're not able to use that cannabis and which was, was effectively working for three other symptoms. They were eating, they were sleeping. Um, maybe their anxiety was not as bad and they were, they were able to have a spiritual connection because they were using that plant medicine, but now they're in the hospital and they're thrown on five different strong medications um, that, that all have sedating side effects and constipation and um, just nausea and the whole, I mean, the whole list it could just keep going. So, so we end up doing almost more harm than good by trying to get them more help when the hospital, but it refuses to acknowledge that cannabis is helping them. It's just, they need a little more right now. Um, so it's, it just ends up taking them back a few steps instead of helping them out. And, you know, just getting, getting the hospitals to allow this hospitals, nursing homes, wherever the patient ends up, you know, they should be able to use their, their medicine. Um, we see him able to drink a beer in the nursing home. That's not an issue. Doc can write an order for that, pour him a nightcap, and, and there's no issue with that. Um, and certainly some of the nursing homes I've been to late at night, um, there'll be a, a group of, of patients that are able to ambulate and get out. I've seen them under the flagpole smoking at 1030 at night. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, it's all... Um, it's the older gentlemen that I've seen out there, just uh, like their little smoke club. But that that smoke cloud was definitely, um, I knew what I was smelling. <laughs> uh, well, and why do you think it is, Marcy, that there's such resistance to allowing cannabis in hospitals and other healthcare facilities? You know, I I won't hate to say it because I feel the the biggest part of that comes from the pharmacist, the pharmacist organizations that feel like they can't control it. Maybe part of that is the doctors that don't understand it enough. Um, Kenny, what was the excuse that uh, Gavin, or, Gavin Newsom gave as? Yeah, the hospital lobby basically <clears throat> came in and they represent the interests of big pharma as well. And their argument was, well, we might be denied certain better federal benefits reimbursement for certain health benefits. But I had pointed out to them, even though we modified the legislation to make it clear that if there was any problem in the hospitals getting their money, that we would put sort of a hiatus or we put it on hold. But it was a, a bogus argument um, because they have a law called the uh, uh, drug-free workplace. And as it applies to hospitals, you can see it applies to staff of a hospital, it applies to vendors or contractors over $200,000, but it definitely doesn't apply to patients. And so I pointed that out repeatedly to both the Senate, the Assembly, and to Governor Newsom, but nevertheless, they got you know overrun by the big hospital lobby and the farming, big pharma, because they don't want something that I mean, doctors can't make money on cannabis like they make on pushing pills. That's a, a big industry. And uh, as long as we face that, it's possible to get unanimous uh, results from the legislature 
but it's really hard to get inside the governor's office and try to keep the hospital lobby away. Yeah, and so it really comes down to that advocacy piece. And again, you know, this legislative action that we have to continue to take. And, you know, there's another um, issue that I know we're kind of discussing too, Marcy, which is not only protections for patients, but protections for nurses, because there is some issues with nurses who have lost their license or their license has been under threat of being revoked because of their own personal use with cannabis. If, if a nurse is a patient, that can become a major issue. Um, and, and I just feel like, you know, we, we've got to do more to protect not only patients at this point, but also nurses who are patients also. Absolutely. You know, Kenny was just saying, you know, the, the drug-free workplace and, and, still most healthcare facilities and organizations have some type of drug-free workplace um, rules in effect. Most of them that I have seen, unfortunately, in Colorado have a very specific clause there that says, you know, even though cannabis is legal in Colorado, it is not allowed under our, under our policy. So, you know, it, in hospice, I have been I have been exposed to patients. I'm sorry to to coworkers, to staff that have had cancer, that have been suffering with uh, you know just insomnia, nausea, unable to eat, taking chemotherapy, and taking prescription drugs, trying to treat these symptoms, and they really wanted to be able to use cannabis, not you know for for all of the benefits that they could get from using cannabis. Um, and and just frustrated that they couldn't because they really needed their health insurance. And if they took the the risk of using cannabis to feel better, they may end up losing their job and losing their benefits. So absolutely. It, you know, and some of the states have actually passed very protective laws, and that needs to be the evolution. But you know, I'm here to say I'm in the protecting the interests of nurses, and I would recommend certain things that they would do, like be a medical patient first and foremost um, themselves, as well as any patients they're giving advice or care to. But also they can get a prescription for some of the synthetic types of uh, THC. And that might also, that prescription would then protect them if they showed up from a drug test of having THC metabolites in their system. And interestingly enough, Mars, one of our colleagues, you know, Brian Crumb from New Mexico, he's a nurse practitioner, and he writes recommendations for patients. And part of his protocol is that if his patient is employed by an employer that doesn't allow cannabis, he will automatically write a prescription for dronabinol or marinol, which is a synthetic uh capsule FDA approved schedule three, I believe it is drug that it, it still gives you the same metabolites like Kenny said, but because you have the prescription, you, you won't necessarily lose your license or be in trouble for using whole plant cannabis, which is a little crazy, but um, I think we'll probably hit on some of those other issues of how we can help to protect nurses and the good news of the action that's happening 
Kenny, you want to send us out to our break? Yes, dear listeners, we're going to take a short break. Please listen in to the messages from our great sponsors, and we'll talk to you in just a minute. Good News with Nurse Heather will return, but first, let's show some love to our sponsors. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We we're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really one toke over the line. I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hem Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Oh, lady marijuana llama, tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Empire, a show dedicated to exploring the many potential therapeutic uses of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of healing and now making a heroic comeback, cannabis has the potential to promote health and well-being bring the body back to homostasis and foster recovery for a healthier way of living. Hempire focuses on a diverse range of serious health issues, presenting views ranging from those of patients and their loved ones through those of researchers and medical professionals. Welcome to Hempire. Nurse Heather is back to spread some more good news only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back, beautiful listeners. This is Good News with Nurse Heather and our very special guest, uh, Nurse Marcy Marr. And Nurse Heather? Yes, Kenny. So we were just talking about um, political action, uh, advocacy for patient protections, and also getting into a little bit about protections for nurses. And what, what are some of the things, Ken, that you see that can be done to help us to protect our nurses so that the state boards of nursing will no longer come after nurses and their licenses if they are using cannabis or promoting its use for patients. Well, there's Heather, there's some great recommendations that are, but the, the nursing boards um, have recommended and some of those would protect a nurse who uses cannabis for her, his or her own medical reasons because it would require that there has to be actual proof that they're under the influence while on the job, as opposed to just testing for the metabolite. And that's a fair and reasonable approach. But I would also recommend that nurses, especially those like your members in the Cannabis Nurse Network would document <clears throat> using waivers and using uh, some disclosures. And I have some very simple forms that I've created, as you know, and I'm happy to help 
any nurses who are interested in practicing cannabis medicine um, to contact us so we can help them with that. Well, and Marcy, I know we've had lengthy discussions about the National Council State Boards of Nursing guidelines and recommendations for uh, patients who are using medical marijuana. And, you know, part of what the National Council State Boards of Nursing does, we call it NCSBN guidelines. Part of what these, um, what, what they do as an organization is they write the test that nurses take in each state that they're in, we're licensed state by state, and they actually create this NCSBN actually creates the NCLEX or that um, test needed to actually get your license. And so what the reason why in 2018, July of 2018, the NCSBN guidelines came forward, the reason being is because they are wanting to start adding endocannabinoid system and cannabinoid therapeutics questions to the NCLEX. And they can't do that until nurses know about this. And I know that you're an instructor, Marcy, and that you've actually taught nursing um, at universities. Talk to us a little bit about what curriculum looks like regarding cannabinoid therapeutics and the endocannabinoid system. Well, Luckily, uh, my students had it in their curriculum, although it wasn't set up for it to be in my curriculum. <laughs> it was uh, from day one, um, as I introduced myself, we started talking about it. And then it was slowly incorporated in almost every um, unit that we touched on because it, it seemed to have you know, it, it had value for each unit, for everything. It was like, oh yeah, and we can talk about the endocannabinoid system here for this reason or that reason. Um, and, you know, no, it's not. I think the, the most recent data I've seen says it's still less than 10% of medical schools and it's not, you know, it's not taught to doctors other than maybe a, a few pages at most. And, and then in nursing schools, generally what we learn is, um, I heard someone on the Cannabis Nurses Network conference saying, um, you know, the only thing that she had heard about it was in the addictions section of her nursing school. And oddly enough, I remember hearing about how it could be useful for nausea, at which was although it was illegal, it's like, wow, did that really, oh, no, it wasn't for pregnancy. Sorry, it was for, <laughs> sorry, wrong topic. It was for oncology patients. So, um, but, but yeah, it should be taught um, and it should be, we should be tested on it so that we understand how to help patients. And, you know, they're not going into dispensaries absolutely clueless on what they're they're needing and and maybe they're getting something that is way too strong and the first time they try it they're like oh no that's not what I wanted and they're scared to come back and try it again so that education could go a long way in helping patients if you're a nurse or health professional you know what else is out there to further your education and study I know that you all recently completed the cannabis nurse network uh, virtual conference is that material available somewhere online for healthcare professionals and others to be able to learn about the endocannabinoid system? Absolutely. 
It is. So all of that, we just finished up a wonderful conference um, called, it was a program that Marcy and I worked together on to collaborate and create. And it's called A Revolution in Healthcare. It's available on demand for 12 contact hours for nurses. It's exceptional. The speakers were amazing. And uh, the program is, again, like I said, available on demand at cnnmembers.com. That was wonderful. And thank you so much to our special guest, uh, Nurse Marcy, for being with us and all the positivity from you, Nurse Heather, as usual. This has been good news with Nurse Heather. Please follow us and listen to our shows at CannabisRadio.com and Twitter and Facebook and iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker and Stitcher, all over the place. Uh, dear listeners, we look forward to talking to you again soon. This is Kenna Kenny, and this is Good News with Nurse Heather. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.